welcome to smart cherry's thoughts this is sai from india yeah firstly yeah, thank you very much for uh, coming to my show Oh no, excellent. I thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. It's really an honor to uh, I saw your page and I was like, wow, this is amazing. So thank you so much for the invite. It's my pleasure. Uh, I thought to tell about the work that you are doing to my audience. Excellent. Yeah, I would love to share that. So, can you please introduce yourself? Yes. My name is Alfonso Mendoza and I am an edtech enthusiast, podcaster, blogger, content creator and just a, a lover of anything uh, technology, augmented reality, virtual reality, web3. So technology has really become my my hobby, I guess per se, but my passion too as well. So I live in Edinburgh, Texas, which is almost at the southernmost tip of Texas and uh you know just excited to be here. I've been doing this podcast for 2 years now and a couple of months and uh just been excited to share amazing um uh, you know guests with the world and share the amazing work that they're doing. So it's always a, a great thing that as I get to learn people anywhere in the world that can listen to a podcast or just check out the live videos can also learn as well so it's very exciting to be here and to connect with you as well as i see that you yourself are very well connected uh worldwide and i love the work that you're doing too as well so that's wonderful so edtech so edtech is your uh, company Uh yeah, well, I have started a company just called My Edtech Life and really it's just uh what I do is just content creation uh consulting uh trying to get into a little bit more of the presentations and everything so this is just something that started from the podcast so my passion for education I'm I'm an educator or I work in education for 16 years now a uh, classroom teacher for 11 years this is my 5th year as an instructional technologist uh so really i help train teachers to implement technology in the classrooms and now because of the podcast i'm definitely branching out more as far as content creation and wanting to just share the world of uh edtech with uh, everybody and so what i started doing is i just started bringing on guests and now what i want to do is i just kind of want to grow this brand and go out there and and show how to build your brand as an educator build your brand as anybody at you know in any background and bring that experience but also to uh consult and to be able to share the knowledge that I've learned and has been passed down to me with others and just trying to make technology a little bit easier a little bit friendlier and something that can be used as a creation tool also in education and not just as a a uh, tool to consume you know i want i want students to be able to express their creativity while they learn and so that is my main goal and my main mission too as well why you want to be in technology 
Why do I want to be in technology? Uh, the reason that I want to be in technology is because if you look around, technology is all around us. Technology is at our fingertips uh, with our devices. Technology is everywhere in schools. Technology is everywhere that we are. So I don't want people to and students or teachers to just feel like I can use technology just to find information. I want people to know how you can connect with other people like you and I are connecting right now. But also I want people to learn that you can connect even with people, places and things like your smart homes, your devices and how technology can be used as an instrument and not just a tool. So I, I want you to understand that a tool, for example, a hammer, you're going to bring a hammer out maybe for one time if you're going to fix something real quick around the house or you're going to hang a, um, uh, let's say, a picture on your wall. So you're going to find the best tool and the best tool to for a nail would be a hammer, but you're going to bring it out just one time and you really don't have to know how to master a hammer. It's going to be very easy, but I want people to see technology as an instrument. If you are um, familiar with music, if you are a, let's say a guitar player, a professional guitar player learns their instrument, they learn the strings, they learn the fretboard, they learn the notes, they learn the scales. And so that instrument takes time to understand, to learn. And even if it's the same instrument and the same chords, there's different variations of those chords that get you a different sound, a different tone. And so what I want people to understand is that with one platform, many times we just use it to solve that one problem that we have, and that's it. But we don't really dive into what that platform can do. Maybe it can do more than one thing, but because there is an overabundance of technology, we go from what one platform that does something great, and then we see another platform that does the same thing, but adds one extra button, and we get excited about it, and we want to use that one now when we haven't explored and learned the first platform to its deepest, fullest potential. So that's one of the messages also that I, that I love to share is that we need to treat technology or a platform as an instrument. We really need to feel comfortable knowing it and be in harmony with it because in the end, we're going to be the conductors in the classroom or in whatever um, scenario we may find ourselves in. And the people that are going to be there working with us Though that's our audience, and we want to make sure that we play some great melodies with technology so they themselves feel comfortable with it and understand the music, the sound, the tone, or in this case, understand how deep a platform goes, the potential that it has, and that you can possibly even use it to compose new things that you didn't even know that you could. Uh, I saw you interviewed so many people. And the uh, I'm sorry, and what you are trying to bring, and what I'm sorry, it's like we're cutting off a little bit. I, I yeah, I, I, I couldn't hear, quite hear the question. You said you started with uh, that I brought on so many people. Can you just repeat the question one more time because it cut off a little bit? So uh, I saw you, uh, you interviewed so many people and uh, your background is uh, 
education you are an instructor so you are already doing that job so why you wanted to do this and what you want to do with this okay so yes i i am in education for 16 years but what i want to do is i believe in the power of connections and the more people that i connect with the more people that i can learn from so for me it it's gratifying to be able to bring in people and interview people that i want to learn something specifically from normally what i do is i'll be on twitter i'm on social media and then what i'll do is i'll look all around and then i'll find people that maybe i've never even heard of people that are new in the education space people that are kind of starting to do some great things and i want to learn what they're doing i want to learn what their process is and i want to give them a platform that maybe they can use to be able to share their message with the world and their story because everybody has a story so although on my show you'll see that you have um you know guests that are very well known in the education field uh, there may be some guests that are you know not too well known but then but i love their story so for me i just want to show people how you can learn from anybody you know on twitter you can learn and connect with other educators and that everybody is willing to help so my passion for education now has transcended into that where i want to connect people i want to connect educators from k through 12 through university professionals i want to connect creators all you know one show at a time and that's my mission my vision and my passion because one day those connections may be able to create something wonderful for the world and be able to collaborate so that's really what drives me that's really what pushes me that there is a possible way that through these connections some somebody or someone is going to be able to do something great find a great idea and is going to get 1% better each day by one thing that they may learn from the shows Uh, tell me you as a doctoral student yes i am a doctoral student also i am in my third year i started my third year now as a doctoral student and all of this started during pandemic uh in 2019 uh december i graduated with my master's degree in educational technology and then immediately in june 2020 Uh, I started my doctoral program, and so everything's been going online. And uh, so that's the beautiful part about technology: being able to do my doctoral uh, classes online um, because of pandemic and so on. And so I still am able to continue my studies. But my area of specialization is educational technology, uh, and my research that I will be conducting for my dissertation will be on the use of augmented and virtual reality in uh, the classroom setting. so that would be and i'm still deciding whether it's going to be k through 12 or it'll be in the university because i've had the opportunity through the show to meet some wonderful professors at the university level that are using augmented reality uh for their courses and so students are being able to create their learning and so i'm really excited about that too as well and uh you know it's just really everything that i've been able to do outside of university has definitely helped be able to do what i'm doing now within my doctoral program so it's very exciting to be able to marry both worlds or actually all three worlds my education world my podcasting world and passion for technology 
and then my learning as well. So that's been wonderful. So what is the connection between human and technology? Connection between human and technology? Uh, for me, the, the human connection is really being able to, for myself, is simplifying things. Um, my motto has always been keep it simple. And so for me, if I can find one platform, one piece of technology, one app that can help me get back some of my time, personal time, then that is for me the biggest connection of all to be able to simplify a problem, but also to allow me to express myself and to be creative. So there's a fine balance there. Like I talked to you earlier, oftentimes we want to use the tech to just solve one problem and automate our lives. And wouldn't that be great where everything would, as soon as we wake up, everything is already set and ready to go. But I want to use technology and push it to the most creative, you know, I don't know, as far as I can go creatively with it and try new things to solve new problems and to just continue to grow and make this world a better place. I know that a lot of people may not be very comfortable with technology. They may fear technology, but we also need to see the the upside, the positive things that come from technology as it helps us in our daily lives. It can help others in their daily lives. And so for me, it's just making it not uh, overwhelming, uh, people having people not fear it as much and having people have fun with it. And so for me is the more I have fun with technology, the more comfortable I feel with it, the more comfortable I feel in creating, and then I'll be able to dive in and dive in deeper and get to know it a little bit more. So for me, that that's that connection that I want people to make. You know, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. We, you can keep it simple and still do great things. So after understanding uh, the master studies, uh, how technology uh, is uh, growing and uh, how technology is uh, making the human things uh, possible? Well, technology, I mean, has been growing by leaps and bounds. I mean, for myself, just discovering, I mean, from one day to the next, you have a platform or an app that comes out and by a week or two weeks or a month, you already have like 10 different ones that come in. And so technology is always evolving. And then with Web3 and the introduction of the metaverse and you're talking about NFTs and things of that sort, it's only going to get better, but it's going to be a little confusing at first. And so what we need to do is honestly, as an educator myself, having that motto and that mindset of making it simple or keeping it simple is what helps me help my teachers understand technology a little bit better. So with everything that is in the technology world, I think there is a disconnect between companies and customers. So as great as technology is and it continues to evolve, we really need to make sure that those companies really experience their own technology from the consumer standpoint to be able to see those experiences, feel those experiences, feel those frustrations or feel those joys that we as customers get. Uh, so that way it makes the technology a little bit better. Uh, we need to be taking, uh, be seen as stakeholders 
for our companies. We need to be seen as stakeholders for, um, you know, platforms. So that way they can see what works best to help integrate technology a little bit more seamlessly into our day-to-day as educators. And I'm speaking as an educator, but also, you know, as a professional, being able to integrate it a little bit simpler. And the goal always should be is efficiency. Uh, Also as well, uh, if, like I mentioned earlier, if as a podcaster, when I do post-production before when I first started, it would take me about three hours just for one episode. And now when I do one episode, I can go ahead and do my post-production in about 45 minutes because I have found a couple of platforms that I use and I'm ready to go and I've gotten my time back to be able to spend with my family, to be able to do things that I love. So it's important that as technology continues to grow, don't overcomplicate things just because you can, just because you have the money or you want to stand out. In the end, it's going to be all about usability. Is it user-friendly? Is the user experience going to be great? Is the user experience going to be something that's going to draw me to keep coming back to you? Or is the user experience going to be something that's going to be frustrating? Is it going to be something that is going to cause me trouble? Where the logins, passwords, all of that, or it doesn't work properly? So we need to make sure that as technology evolves, have those things in mind and understanding that greater things are coming. You know, like I mentioned, Web3, people that are in that environment, right now what I see are people that are in business, they're highly sought after professionals and have brilliant minds, but I still yet to see somebody that can take all of that and explain it at a level that anybody would be able to understand the possibilities of Web3 and what is coming. Um, you know, to, so that anybody in the world can understand it very simply. And I think that's something that we can do better as a society, as technology or technologists, keeping it simple and making it relatable and understandable. Uh, how you are able to do uh, two different jobs? You are a podcaster, you are an educator, and you are... <laughs> creating content and you're doing so many different things. How how is that possible? Yeah, you know what? It's really, I want to thank my wife for that. So I'm going to give a shout out to my beautiful wife, Angelica, who is my number one supporter, who has been there from the very beginning and who just really um, inspires me, but also uh, makes me be realistic sometimes because sometimes I want to do way more then I can, but she kind of keeps me in check, but I thank her for that. And so just being able to go to work, do my eight to five, and then come home and dedicate time, you know, maybe about two to three hours a day uh, to come home and work on my personal stuff, on my company, starting to grow, uh, content creation and all of that. It's really a fine balance. So I do wake up very early. Many days I wake, I usually wake up around 4.30 in the morning and try and get some work in before I get ready for work. And then after I come to uh, come home from work, I put in a couple of more hours there of work. And um, like Saturdays for myself, Saturdays are for podcasting. So that's when I come in, bring my guests in on Saturdays. Sometimes I do have guests during the week when I can. And I am just one of those that whenever I can get guests on, 
I will get them on because I get excited and passionate about learning and learning more. So uh, really, it's it's the passion that drives me, the feeling of being able to connect with other educators and learn directly from them, but also that people will learn from that content really gets me excited. And um, that's pretty much it, you know, just that passion. And uh, so it's a nice work-life balance. And then, of course, we have schoolwork that goes along with it. So, yeah, it, it's a lot of times it's just a lot of waking up early, going to bed uh, a little bit late. But in the end, you know, seeing the fruit of that work, the fruit of that labor and making a lot of great friends and being able to collaborate like we are right now that, you know, because maybe you saw a show or you saw something, we're able to meet and now collaborate long distance. And that's really what the exciting part about it is. So, I mean, it just really pushes me to get better each day. But yeah, it's it's uh, tricky, but it's very doable, at least with, with our schedule. And uh, so I've been very grateful for that. So how you are, uh, you as an educator, that experience, uh, that knowledge is helping you to do the interviews, to be a good podcaster today. Okay. Well, I mean, to be able to be a podcaster with education for myself, I, I came from a marketing background. I didn't go through traditional college of education. Um, so what I did is I actually went to business school because I wanted to be rich. I wanted to be in business. I wanted to make millions of dollars. But then there was a, a moment in time, there was a fork in the road that caused me to go a different route. And I fell into education but I absolutely fell in love with education. So being in the classroom for 11 years, what helped me is the marketing aspect of understanding my customers. So I have 30 students that are all my little customers that I have to teach something to, but not every customer is gonna buy your product in the same way. So I have always kept that in mind to be able to personalize my content, be able to personalize, um, you know, uh, presentations for my customers, for my students, now for my teachers and now for my audience. To me, it's just about keeping it simple. It's about having fun, making those connections, making it relatable and with the goal of always letting them know that if I can help you with one little nugget you know that you can get from learning to sprinkle onto your practice that you already do great that it already right there is a win so what's helped me again going back from really not in even in education it's really that marketing background and then through education i refined the my my expertise or experience in the classroom is just really number 1 making the connection first before presenting your content. If you can connect with your student, if you can connect with your audience, if you can connect right now, like you and I, a podcaster to podcaster, making those connections and being relatable, that to me is really how I've been able to find that balance and be able to find that success inside the classroom and outside the classroom. So what service that you want to provide uh, with the company that you started now? Okay, so what I would love to provide is really going back to what we were talking about. 
allowing people to understand technology a little bit more than technology for technology's sake. I want people to understand and feel that technology is more than what we meets the eye per se, <laughs> that we can do more with it. But really, it's I want people to have fun as weird or as funny as it may sound to some people. I'd be like, what do you mean? It's like as an educator and even as adults, sometimes I feel that because of life, because of our work, because kids, because, you know, in education, um, we have deadlines that we need to meet as educators. We have deadlines that we have to meet as professionals. We have responsibilities, obviously, with our family, our wives, our husbands, kids, family, you know, whatever the situation may be. Oftentimes what I feel is that we may lose some of our creative creativity and not really lose it, but it's just we don't practice it anymore. We We kind of put all that aside because we've got other responsibilities ahead of us. But what I want people to understand is I, you can go back and you can still have fun with your technology. I, I want people to learn how to create just something, you know, from pictures, just experiment, just, you know, when they have downtime, just to play around with some apps where they can create some new things, make connections, um, you know. And so I just want people to see technology that it doesn't have to be ominous that technology, you just don't have to be a consumer of it just because I, I have it on my phone, but that you can turn around and be a creator with it, no matter at what age, no matter at, you know, what stage in your life um, you you are. Um, recently, this, I think it was this morning or last night, I saw a post by another creator that I follow, and she put, I can't believe that I'm 31 and you know, standing in front of a camera, uh, videotaping myself and creating content. So I replied to her and I put, I can't believe I'm 41 and doing the same thing. So I want people to understand that, you know, no matter what stage in your life you may be, that you can use technology at, to be a creator and that you can share your story. I think that's one of the biggest things for me is storytelling is one of the best ways to learn and if I can learn, for example, from your story and what you're doing, and I find something there that just really connects with me and resonates with me, I'm going to be like just thinking about that the whole time. And I'm going to try and say, well, how can I do something similar with my own spin on it or with my own take on it and continue to grow? So it's just to me, like be able to storytell, be able to create and show the world really who you are with the same technology that you may be consuming on day to day, but having fun with it and turning it around and making it useful to you uh, to share yourself with the world. So you are using technology and uh, you're also teaching technology. Yes, so of course I, I use the tech, but I also teach like at school, that's my job. My job is to, um, use te the tech to be able to share with our teachers the tools that we'll be using for that school year, the tools that the students will have access to, how to implement that in their classrooms. And then, of course, outside over here, what I do is I have podcasters that will reach out to me and say, hey, how are you doing this? Or what is your setup? Or I saw a picture of your setup at, you know, on, on Twitter or on LinkedIn. 
can you share with me what you're using and things of that sort? And then, so that's the beautiful part too, that, you know, people can reach out to me at any time. And I, sometimes I'll, I'll even have a uh, Google meet calls or we'll meet online through another platform. And I walk them through my process. I just say, look, this is what I do. This is how I've done this. And then sometimes I end up learning from them too, as well, which is great because now we're having those conversations. We're learning from one another and so for myself, I think that that teacher hat <laughs> never turns off, you know, as far as education in my education setting and in my podcast setting, I love to teach. I love to share. I love to simplify things for people that want to get into this space. And um, that's the passion for me where I connect and marry both of those worlds uh, to be able to do those things. And I, I mean, I, I don't charge anything or at all whatsoever. Like, I, like, you know, people call me and I'll be like, sure, you know, I'll, I'll get on a call and that's it. You know, for me, that's really gratifying. Although, you know, sometimes they do, you know, they'll, they'll buy me a coffee, like, you know, um, and they'll send me something or whatever. And, and I'm grateful for that. But the fact that I'm able to help them, you know, to me really means a lot. And, you know, it's just going back to the power of connections, the positivity that is out there and you're helping other, you know, individuals continue with their creative journeys. And that really means a lot. And it really, uh, to me, is very important. So you work on augmented reality and also virtual reality. So what is your yeah. understanding about it? Okay, so my what I love about it is, for example, right now, like I'm even holding a merge cube right here. So I, what I love is I, I love this platform of augmented reality, virtual reality, uh, immersive reality, any kind of immersive tech. My take on it is this: number one, we could do a lot better still for the K through 12 space. The, what happens is in education, K through 12 is a space that can be very difficult to get into if you don't have the right platform, if you don't have the right tools, the right curriculum, the right verbiage within your content, it can be very difficult. And right now also we can do a better job at introducing this to our educators, introducing it to our teachers, because number one, if there's a teacher that does not feel comfortable with something, you can buy them even the fanciest tech, and if they don't feel comfortable with it and they're not trained properly, all that's going to do is it's going to sit in the back of the room gathering dust. What I saw when we came back from pandemic is that there were a lot of teachers that were forced to learn new tech because you had to teach virtually. Now the students have their own Chromebooks, you know, they're one-to-one, we came back to school and the teachers put all the tech in the back because what happened in their mind is I'm only connecting this tech with pandemic. Pandemic is gone. We're back in the classroom and I don't need you to use Chromebooks anymore. We're going to go back to paper and pen, which is, or pencil, which is okay for certain exercises. Everything is great for, you know, for math. And I, I have nothing against paper and writing, but you're not allowing those students to create a, a, you know, their own learning or create a learning experience for them with the power of technology. 
So for myself with AR, VR, I think that there are many people that are out there that are very knowledgeable in the K through 12 space, but yet there's way too many teachers for just a pocket of innovators like ourselves to be able to share this. So for myself, the passion is going out to conferences, talking about it, just having the conversations. Sometimes I'll give presentations where I just share things to not, you know, for them to not use in their classroom right away. What I want them to do is I want them to experience it first. I want them to get curious about it first. And of course, not all the teachers in the presentation are going to get very curious, but there's some that will. And then you start building up little pockets of innovators within those districts. And then those are the teachers that really just thrive and they get excited about it and they start introducing it into their classroom. Then they start introducing it to other teachers and then so on and so on. And then everything continues to go on, you know, go through the process. So my passion is really, again, simplifying what ARVR is, explaining the exponential benefits of it in a classroom K through 12 or higher ed setting, and to pique the educator's curiosity about it, to not dismiss it, but to really kind of think about it and say, huh, that's something that's interesting, and maybe I want to look into it a little bit more. And that right there is something that can go a long way instead of trying to just force the sale and force uh, the the platform, because again, if you don't have the proper training, if you don't have the proper buy-in, it makes things a little bit more difficult. But going back to these uh, components, AR, VR, the learning experience is something that will, number one, not only be a memorable one, but it's something that will honestly seems like it'll become part of you, that as you continue your learning process, that learning that you created within this space, the learning experience that is memorable to you, you can take that with you from subject to subject, the experience, the critical thinking skills, the collaboration, the communication, um, you know, all of those soft skills that you build up, you they translate well into your other classes, but they also translate well as you continue to move forward, you know, from K through 12, through higher ed, like I like the future of learning and then the future of work too as well. You know, some of the biggest skills that are sought after are those soft skills and ARVR allows you to really develop not only the tech skills, the creativity, you know, the communication, the collaboration and all those sets of skills that the workforce is looking for now and definitely the critical thinking component of it. So you're talking with different people. So what are you learning from them? Oh, man. So from different guests, it's amazing the things that I learned that are so many to count. But one of the things that I love is learning more about leadership, number one. So for my guests, you know, I'm always looking for tips and on leadership, how to continue to grow professionally, how to continue to have an open mindset. The biggest thing for me is being able to see things from different perspectives. So think about it, maybe like myself, you know, for 11 years as an educator in the classroom, 
I, I saw myself as always thinking outside the box and being very different and going against the grain from what we normally would do in the classroom. But then, you know, even though I was thinking outside the box, I was kind of creating a little box around myself and then just kind of becoming a little bit, you know, closed off to everything else because I was like, well, I already got this. So what it has helped being able to talk to so many people is seeing things through their lens, seeing things that I never thought of before, learning new things that I never thought of before, because my box, although I thought was, you know, when I step outside the box and I'm doing great things, it's only a small percentage of what I am learning from other people. So number one, learning from different perspectives, knowing that Although I may have a great practice, I can still improve that practice. Or if I'm if I'm doing something similar to what they're doing, there there may be adding another little piece to it that is, you know, a crucial component for better success. So to me, it's just hearing stories from all different angles has helped me be better equipped to be able to answer questions for my teachers and answer questions at conferences. It has helped me and equipped me with more confidence to be able to share those experiences within our meetings as well. To So if somebody brings something up, maybe they didn't consider some of the maybe consequences or some of the downfalls from certain decisions, then I can speak up and say, look, from this experience or from this side or this angle, Let's go ahead and observe that, and then we can make better decisions. So for myself, that has been the most important thing, to be able to see things from different perspectives and not to close myself off in my own world and in my own practice. So understanding the user experiences of the technology tools and uh, seeing technology for more than 15 years, what do you understand about technology? What is going to be technology in coming days? Oh, what's coming in the coming days really is, like I mentioned earlier, you know, some of the Web3, you know, there's a lot of talk about that. I know right now there's huge, huge talk about the metaverse. And then all of that kind of just fizzled away a little bit. A lot of people don't have an understanding yet of what NFTs are or what they can do. They don't understand the Web3 space, again, you know, to its entirety, and then the metaverse. Because right now, like I mentioned, we're seeing a lot of companies that have millions of dollars at their disposal that are building on the metaverse, that are building digital twins of their businesses and creating these spaces that, uh, you know, for a lot of people, they don't understand. It's things of science fiction. But they understand it, and myself and yourself, we would understand it because this is something that we research, that we're always trying to stay ahead of and making those connections. So right now what I see is just really moving into Web3, understanding a little bit more about blockchain technology. Um, you know, One of the easiest ways that I've been able to explain this to some of our, my educators and some of the teachers is – um, there are platforms that are out there that create, that have badges when you learn. So for example, Google level one, Google level two, um, you know, trainer and all of that. 
when you get those certifications, they'll send you a badge and they send you a badge through a service either called Credly or Credible or, you know, there's other uh, badge services that are out there. So really what it does is just to kind of demonstrate to them how that micro credential lives in its own little environment that is online, but it's its own little place where your information, your credentials are stored and tied to that, that when you move somewhere else, maybe to a different school, you move to a different district and so on, that credential is going to follow you no matter where you go. So for myself, just to be able to explain that to them, is just a little hint of that Web3 where it's that kind of decentralization where you own your own data now. And so making those connections with teachers um, is important because this is something that the future of learning, the future of work that our students are going to be living through, the digital assets component of it too. That badge, it's a digital asset. Yes, they send it to you in a PNG or in a JPEG where you can put a, a signature, but it's actually a digital asset that is on that platform. So how do we connect that to our students? Well, a lot of our students may play Roblox, they play Fortnite, they play Minecraft. And so those students, they already know, or those young kids and young adults already know about digital assets because they purchase digital assets for their games. They purchase new skins. Um, you know, they purchase uh, anything new on Roblox. So that is that understanding of that digital asset. So our young, you know, kids right, right now that are playing these games or into these games definitely have a better understanding than even myself. And we don't give them enough credit. But what I see as technology going to be moving to, it's going to be a little bit more of that you know, Web3, making the connection with people, places, and things where data is now still going to be owned by us, and it's not going to be owned by companies anymore. And so it's going to be interesting to kind of see those changes, although there's a lot of talk about them right now. It's going to take some time before we can finally see really, I think, um, a formal, I guess, setting, you would say, where this kind of takes place. But it's exciting, though, because there's so much potential for the education space and for the everyday space, you know, not just education, but for myself, like I said, because I'm a passionate educator, I always love to find those connections with education. So I'm really excited about that. There is a group that I am currently a part of, the Ed uh, Ed 3 Educators, uh, who have started a, a DAO, uh, Decentralized Organization where it's educators that are passionate, that are really connecting to Web3 and really want to bring this type of knowledge to teachers, to the education space. And they even created their own NFTs to, that serve a utility for our educators. So this is really exciting. And it's a small step forward into this long road that we have ahead. But what it all comes down to, like I always keep saying is, we need to keep it simple. We need to be able to explain it to teachers and stakeholders in a way that they understand, not necessarily so they jump in right away, but just so that they are aware. So we start those conversations. So they start thinking about those things and making a lot of connections to what they already do in the classroom and in the curriculum. Some of those connections can be made right now 
without using any additional platforms or scaring them with, oh my gosh, this is a Web3 platform. No, we're talking about just the skill set to be able to translate into those jobs of the future and the job market that'll be there for our students as they continue to move through their education. Uh, what are your experiences with technology that you have not said to anybody? My experiences with technology that I have not said to anybody. That's a great question. I don't know. Uh, I really, I'm very transparent. Like I, I record everything. I share things out. Um, I can't really say that there are any experiences that I've had that I don't share with anybody. Uh, you know, I think for me, I don't know. I can't answer that. That's such a great question. You really caught me uh, very uh, surprising there. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, honestly. I, like I said, I'm very transparent. Uh, I'll share anything that you see me do. I'll share it or you can contact me and then I'll say like, yeah, this is what I do and this is what I use. And um, that's about it. Um, I guess. Well, OK, here's one thing, though. At technology, I guess. Not necessarily in the use use form, but I guess in some way, you know, several tech companies um, that I've reached out to, what will happen is I've applied for certain tech jobs and then they come at you with one number. And then when you come back for that final interview and you say, hey, you know, we like to offer you the job, they come back with a number that is way lower. And then they're like, well, you're working from home and all of these things. And so I guess I'll be transparent here with this. Um, there was a company that I applied for and they came with a number and I said, oh man, that's great. You know, I, I love that. And they told me the detail of the jobs and everything. I was like, this is perfect. I mean, it fits my skill set. I'm really excited. I know the platform very well. And then at the end, when they came back to offer the job, they said, well, here's uh, the final number. And I said, well, wait a minute. Like, this isn't what we agreed on. They're like, yeah, but you know, you are going to be working from home and you don't have to drive and you know, all of these things. And we're going to provide you with your equipment and so on. I said, listen, I said, I, I understand that. I said, but you're not paying me for me working from home or where I'm working from. Shouldn't matter. I said, you're paying me for the skills and the skill set that I have to help the company. And, uh, they just, they didn't like that. You know, they they wanted to come back at a lower number. So for myself, I guess through that experience, I just want to say for uh, anybody, educators and so on, just be very cautious and be very careful, um, you know, with companies out there that you may be applying for, that you may be passionate about. Sometimes, sometimes the grass is not always greener on the other side. So I just wanted to share that. What you don't understand about technology? Can you repeat it one more time? What you don't understand about technology. I, I'm sorry, hold on. I, I think you're you're cutting off. I didn't hear that first part clearly. Uh, what you don't understand about technology. What I don't understand about technology. Um, again, I think for me, the biggest thing that I don't understand about technology is why they have to make it so difficult sometimes, you know, uh, going back, 
And, and I don't know, again, my mind works a little bit different about the user experience, the, you know, the layout and things of that sort. Oftentimes I feel like there's many companies that put things together really quick without thinking about the final use case. I think there's a lot of companies that during pandemic found this time to be a time to take advantage of the market because everybody was looking for some new tech or a tech tool to help solve an issue or a problem. But for a lot of the technology, some of the technology that I've seen come through my hands, it just seems like they just put something together without much thought. What they did is they just copied what might be in our standards uh, for education, and they copied that document, put it on their website, and then they just created, you know, the bare minimum of uh, content to be able to create a platform and to sell it. And so my thing is, is that's one thing that I don't understand about, I guess, the, not necessarily the tech in my hands, but the way that the technology works there in that sense, in that business sense. You know, I understand that, you know, you're there for profit. I understand that. But you you need to create something that's going to be of value because this is something that you're putting in the hands of teachers, you're putting in the hands of students. So being able to take the time to curate, to be able to do research, to do uh, your due diligence in the experience, how the teacher is going to use it, how the student is going to use it, and how effective it truly is. That's something that's very important that I don't understand why there is a lot of technology out there that does not go through this process. And if we did, I think, and if they took the time, which I know they always say time is money and they're in a profit business, it, I know it's hard, but the return on the investment I think will be great if you do take your time and you do put a product that is out there that is going to be helpful, or if you do put a product out there, be a company, like there's many companies that are out there that are always looking to improve and they take their the feedback and they continue to improve and improve and improve because they listen to the educators, they listen to the professionals. So that's just one thing that I don't understand. You know, those companies that just put something out just because they can and because everybody's buying up stuff in the space, but then it, it just, it doesn't work. Are you aware of space technology? I'm sorry? Are you aware of uh, space technology? Aware of space technology? Yeah. No, no, actually I've never looked into that space technology. Tell me a little bit about it. Uh, I mean, uh, do you have connection with space technology? Have you acquired knowledge about it? No, no, not with space technology. <laughs> no, usually like my, my, I guess I would say my expertise or my passion is really through education, but taking that, that those technologies that are out there and tying them into the education space. But I haven't really dug into space technology. Like I said, it's like, um, for my, my is just AR, VR, you know, metaverse. And then of course, ed tech uh, for education purposes. But, you know, now you got me interested. So I might start looking into that now. And then before you know it, we may even do another show where we're talking about it. <laughs> uh, 
problem solving uh, ability uh, in technology yes think? oh man that is something that is very important problem solving in technology now with technology i love that it can help you solve problems very quickly i mean if i can't like you know i we're doing some home projects around the house if i'm not sure how to do it i just google it and i find a video and i'm able to just replicate what i'm do seeing there in google uh through youtube and i'm able to apply it to my project so for myself technology is a wonderful wonderful instrument for you to be able to solve problems but also you know the ability that it gives you also to create some problem solving skills because as you know when you get new tech like for example my setup here in my studio i didn't know how to use that so i had to kind of learn how to use it and then even now doing research and doing all those things you develop those problem solving skills um you find solutions to problems and so on and for myself seeing that in the classroom where instead of using technology just to solve one problem but allowing students and teachers even to think about bigger problems and how we can solve it with technology so for example posing a question on how might we stop world hunger or how might we you know stop um, homelessness or how might we help solve this with technology you know being able to have those questions asked in the classroom and have students go into deep thought about this rather than them just clicking a b c or d can really help you develop those problem solving skills critical thinking skills computational thinking skills that i think we don't do enough of because in the us you know standardized testing is a b c d you get four answer choices and that's it so our students from 3rd grade on grow up with well what are my choices because they're used to having four answer choices and so if you give them a problem to solve they're going to be expecting four answer choices or they don't know where to start on how to solve a problem so it's very important that we use technology in the classroom to help develop computational thinking skills help develop that creativity and have fun with those how might we statements for design thinking and innovative thinking so that students can think outside the box to help develop those skills that are going to help them greatly throughout school and then throughout their professional and personal life so as a founder of a company as a podcaster as a doctoral student as a as an interviewer uh, as an educator so what is what is your understanding about my work and about my questioning in the conversation and about uh, the work that i did i'm sorry what was that last part the how what is my what the last part of the question uh, as a, as an uh, as an educator as a uh, doctoral uh, student as also a founder of a company uh, uh, as a podcaster what is your understanding about my work my understanding of your what uh, what is your understanding about my work oh your work okay for myself 
what I love is you're connecting like with people like further than I am. And so for myself, I got really excited because when I saw your list of guests and the work that you're doing is I love that you, again, are bringing in different perspectives because just like I may see something here in the U.S., somebody from, you know, England or Germany or around the world that you are interviewing may have a different take because their society and the way that everything is done is very different. So for me, I love that you're using technology to connect globally, like it literally globally around the world where my mission is just, you know, talking with educators and I'm focusing here in the U.S., because, I mean, this is where I do the majority of my work. However, now I'm like, hey, why didn't I ever think about reaching out to other people outside of the United States? I think the most that I've reached out to is in the UK. Um, that's who I've had on. Uh, but now the work that you're doing, I love that to me it's people are getting not – well, number one, are getting to know some wonderful people in the education space and the tech space that are doing some amazing things like your guests are. They're seeing things from a different perspective and understanding other cultures, other societies, and the way that they perceive and see things that are tech related or solving problems using tech in a different way. Uh, number three is just that, like we talked about earlier, that power of connections. I mean, you're connecting globally with others around the world. And that's something that to me is very valuable because just like you asked me the question, like what what do you learn from all your guests? I can't even imagine right now how yourself too, learning from guests all over the world. So I love that you are bringing in those different perspectives, but centered around technology and getting to uh, that point of connecting for example, you and I now are connected, but that now we're connected through your your show, through your podcast, and now I can connect with other, uh, you know, people that you've had on your show and go check them out and learn from them as well and 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 continue the learning process. So that's what I love, man. You're doing some great things, and it, and it's like the learning never stops. So that's great. So uh, I did masters in software engineering. I also uh, bachelor's in computer science and engineering and now I'm preparing for AWS cloud solutions architect and cloud engineer and cloud developer position. I'm writing content on my website right now. So how talking with the experts like you who already did so many things in their life like you did things for 15 years, you already have, your mind has so much, so much information. Like people like you who came to my show, I'm talking with them getting their experiences, how they solved problems, how they did, they did that project and how they managed it and how they learned, how they made things possible, all this information, how this energy, this uh, knowledge is going to help helpful for me in coming days if I work in IT. Yeah, well, look, for all of this that you can take, really what I always say is, it helps sharpen your skills. Number one, you're going to be well-equipped with 
in the, the next coming months, in the next coming years, as you continue to be a professional and work in this setting, um, you're going to be readily equipped that if there's an issue or a problem that is coming, you can go ahead and spot what some of the downfalls may be, some of the things that may not work because you already learned it or heard it from someone else. And that I think is the biggest advantage that you have that knowledge from all of your guests that when you see something being presented, immediately you can say, okay, maybe we can go ahead and try it this way or do this and bring out those things that many may not think about, which is going to make you a very valuable asset because your vision is not going to be just here boxed in with uh, little visors here. Your vision is going to be something that is going to be global. So those skills that you have are going to be great. The main one, communication and collaboration, because the way that you are reaching out to other people, if you have a problem, you can easily reach out back to them and say, hey, look, you know, this is what kind of we're working on a project. This is what we're seeing. What are your suggestions? Or I recall that you shared this. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? And then you're able to take that and apply it to your work, which is going to make you very successful. Uh, the communication skills, being able to communicate your ideas, that's wonderful too. And also, I would say that even the marketing skills, because for you to be able to produce content and share it out does take some marketing where you're taking little bits, you're putting it out there on social media, you're branding yourself, and now you are building yourself up to be that subject matter expert or expert in those related fields. So what you're doing is great, and it's going to be very valuable to you in your current studies, in your future studies, in your current work, and in your future work for sure. Uh, it's valuable for me hearing uh, 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 an uh, a educator like you because uh, your observation means a lot to me. Definitely, I put your words in my mind. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, I want. Uh, can, can you can you share your uh, uh, website to my audience so that uh, my audience will know the service that you're providing? Yes, actually. So uh, right now, I'm still building up my website for my EdTech Life. Uh, but really, what you can do is you can go ahead and follow or go check out the website for the podcast, so you can learn from other educators here in the U.S. and you know just to kind of give anybody around the world an idea of what education is like, you know, around the United States, we have some wonderful educators. So you can go to myedtech.life, myedtech.life to check out the podcast. And then we'll definitely have the My Edtech Life LLC website up soon, where we plan to offer, you know, virtual services, consulting services, one-on-ones, where we'll be talking about technology integration. We'll be talking about Web3, AR, VR, immersive technologies, and also even podcasting. So that's something that I want love to do also as well, well is to share the knowledge of podcasting and just to encourage other, you know, uh, you know, tech enthusiasts like yourself and myself to just click record. I mean, get your voice out there, get be heard because everybody has a story and everybody's stories matter. So that's something that I, we're going to be doing also as well. So I just want to say thank you also for having me here on your show. And it is quite an honor to be able to be part of your uh, PLN or your PLF, your professional learning family. 
and to connect with you and to connect with your audience as well. Uh, I'll put your web uh, link uh, on the screen as well as uh, uh, in the description of this video on YouTube. People who find our video on YouTube can see it and also on social platforms. Um, uh, can you spell your uh, website to my podcast? Uh, I mean, podcast uh, people who are listening to uh, this conversation on podcast. I'm sorry, can I can I do what? Can I spell? Your web your website. Okay, Matt, yeah, it's M Y E D T E C H L I F E. So it's my edtech life. <laughs> that, there you go. That's the website. That's great. Uh, uh, can I put this video on my YouTube channel with your permission? Yes, of course. You can definitely share, you know, your YouTube channel. No problem. And also, can I put this uh, audio and video clip on my podcast website, internet, social media, everywhere with your permission? Yes, sir. You have permission. Thank you. Thank you, Alfonso. Uh, uh, Alfonso. <laughs> yeah. Your valuable time and uh, telling me about yourself and about the work that you're doing and also uh, giving answers to some of my questions. Yes, sir. Of course. It was an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for connecting. And this was, uh, it, it's not often I get to be on the other side receiving questions. So I'm always honored when I get to be asked to be on somebody's show and somebody's podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Again. Keep going. Thank you.